a little factual and a lot of fun, it's the least contentious peanut gallery in history. This is Unquote, and I'm Cooper Powers. Welcome back, y'all. Quote is number 33 on AFI's top 100 movie quotes list, and it's from the romantic comedy When Harry Met Sally. Released in 1989, Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner's personal life touches are scattered throughout this film about the normalcy and sometimes abnormalcy of love. Speaking of love, guys, a word of caution. This week's episode deals with the birds and the bees, humans doing human things, so, you know, sex. Just a heads up for you listeners. Our line this week comes at the halfway point in the movie where Sally Albright, having just put on a very public display of elation, is proving to Harry Burns that he may not be as confident as he proclaims. And what may be the only cameo line to appear on the list, Rob Reiner's mother, playing a deli customer, firmly admits that, I'll have what she's having. What was this small aside all about? What other lines might have been used on AFI's list? I sat down with my fellow Reiner fan, Erin, and asked her some questions. Now that that's over with. Well, now that that's over with, we can get started. <laughs> now that the worrying is over and done with, yeah. it's time to get started. Why am I here again? <laughs> I don't, I don't I invited you as a humble <laughs> guest onto this show. Hi, Aaron. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Cooper? Doing good. It's a slightly damp evening tonight. Yes. The most auspicious of nights to do a podcast, but... Here we are. And this we're doing is it. a good night to do a podcast. It is. It is. Everybody's, you know, in. There's not going to be any loud noises outside. Yep. He said with his fingers crossed. Yeah, really. And we'll see. I believe I'm here to talk about when Harry met Sally. Which You're not I've, wrong. Which I've watched twice now in the last two weeks. Okay, good. Just so I'm like up to date. Just so you're fully prepared yeah, for this. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the time and the effort <laughs> put into this. It's such a good movie. We watched it together two days ago. Yep. And... Got a refresher on it. I hadn't seen it in a while. It was 1989 was the year. Two years before what you see before you was sprung into existence. Wow. Yeah. What a crazy time. (laughs) It was the best of times. uh, Possibly the worst of times. Possibly the worst of times, but that remains to be seen. Yes. But yeah, the movie is um, When Harry Met Sally, uh, directed by Rob Reiner, Mm -hmm. 1989. A hilarious, terrific romantic comedy. Beat out... Some of the other movies uh, that came out that year. It did. For the spot on AFI's list. Yes. Also written by Nora Ephron. Mm-hmm. And the two, Rob and Nora, worked really closely together. But yes, um, it was not the only movie to come out that year that was like, that's still pretty important, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Are you <laughs> <Yeah>. kidding me? <laughs> Junior. Yeah. That was a good Sean Connery. It's only Junior, though. Yeah, that's the only word you can. Some things in here don't react well to bullets, right? That was wonderful. Is Thank he you. here? Where is Sean? Uh, I heard him. I don't have my grade two pay on. <laughs> that's good. Uh, yep. But yeah, you mentioned Nora Ephron. She was an amazing screenwriter and playwright, author, and she wrote Sleepless in Seattle. She did. And uh, also, you've got Mail, yep. Julie and Julia, yep. Bewitched. Yep. All. I do think this is no. I actually, I really, I'm not a huge fan of most of those. I thought, I mean, I think this is, like, my favorite movie she's written. She's also written some books and some articles. I read one of her articles in my first, like, college English class, which was, like, English and gender. And so we read stuff by Nora Ephron. And, I mean, it was just wonderful. She has, like, a very unique perspective on feminism. That's, like, 
very interesting also hilarious Mm -hmm. so it's fun to read it translates to her screenwriting yeah absolutely directed by rob reiner yep he had he had some mad chops coming into this Mm -hmm. he had this is spinal tap which i know you haven't seen but i've heard it's hilarious it 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 is it is (laughs) that declarative statement right there is really as much as i can say it is yes and then the princess bride obvious classic classic Oh, and Stand By Me. Yeah, so you you got these guys teaming up for it. And they go in, guns blazing. What are your initial thoughts on the movie? What what drew you to the movie in the first place? Um, I just grew up watching it. I can't really say anything drew... I think probably the dialogue is what made me consistently keep watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Just because it's hilarious. Like, some of uh, Billy Crystal's improvised lines just like we just like will reference them all the time like as a family like you're you're among friends here yeah right whenever something is just so out of bounds but such a trivial matter i'll call the cops it's already out there it's (laughs) it's like at the forefront of our brains somebody's just waiting to say it (laughs) oh that's perfect yeah one of my mom and i's favorites is just later there's too much paper on my like that has been a line that has been said in our household like way too many ladies times. and gentlemen we have sean connery and billy crystal debuting <laughs> on the podcast today aaron has left for the night uh billy has taken her spot um but he can only do that voice so i hope that's all right please for for you to repeat <laughs> i love it <clears throat> the movies can be summed up by saying two neurotic people fall in and out of love Yes. Is that, is that a pretty fair, succinct summary? I think so. Definitely not fall in and out. I would say it's like a roller coaster. Yeah. They start out just not really liking each just other. Just like they say in just the Just rubbing each other the wrong way. Right. Exactly. At the end when they go over like their whole love story. And then they develop a friendship and they grow as people. And then they have a huge fight and then they fall in love. Just like everyone. Mm-hmm. So, you had a question about the first scene, about Harry with Amanda. Yeah, Amanda Reese. Yeah, I think initially I just thought, like, why, how does Billy get these, like, beautiful women? Like, this just seems to be a theme in his life. He's got Amanda, he's got Helen, he's got Meg Ryan, or Sally. It it was the sideburns. I think we agreed that it was the sideburns when we watched it. It was the sideburns. Also, those hips. Yes. When he was power walking, I get it. Now. The the hips with the tights. I mean, come on. It was oh, the, yeah. it was the chunky it was the chunky Legging sweater up top that really drew your focus down to the shapely yes. lower torso absolutely. of Harry Burns. So no, it was a good look for him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that he's with his college girlfriend, and then you know they he rides with Sally to New York. Yes. And uh, they like you said they hate each other. Things don't start, things start off rocky to say the least. Yes. I think one of my favorite parts is that Meg Ryan's a really likable character, but they both are in different respects. She's very type A, and I mean, just like so cute with her little like cardigan and the shorts and like the, you know, high waisted shorts (laughs) and like her little polo just tucked into them. It was just perfect. And then Billy Crystal's like spitting grape seeds at her car window and just the complete opposite. So I can understand how they would hate each other, but also, like, I get that they got back together and became friends. Yeah. 
like you said, it was a roller coaster, and I really think that that translated well on screen, especially with, you know, how long was this movie? It was an hour and 40 minutes, I think? Yeah. So like under that. two hours, which mm-hmm. is, that's just the right amount of time for a romantic comedy, because then things start to drag on, and then it gets kind of boring. But this, like, because I hadn't seen it in, I guess, over a year, when Harry yeah. sees Helen... And then he and Sally kind of fight after the... In the sharper image. You're right. (laughs) There's only like 20 minutes left. Well, 25, 30 minutes left in the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it moves along. It clips at a good pace. Yeah. And speaking of fights, um, you you had some thoughts on uh, Sally rebuking Harry after that large fight after they uh, made love. Yes. Yeah, I did. After they knocked boots. Ugh. Which was a mistake. You should never do that. You asked me. I gave a diplomatic answer, and yes. I, st- I stand by it, but I also am slightly leaning more towards the never in distress. Never in distress? Never in distress or under duress. I think that's... I should think that's you make love be- to your best friend? Should you make love to your best friend? Yes. This is a very <laughs> narrow situation right. that happen. This is a very specific right. situation. But this is a golden rule that must be followed. I think so. Yes. I... I think Harry made it very clear like throughout the movie that he was going to try to make love to Sally at any given opportunity just because like that's how he feels about women. Mm-hmm. Like when he went on a date with someone and said it was like the worst date he's ever had right. and she didn't laugh at any of his like <laughs> Ethiopian food jokes but then slept with her anyways and Sally just what? Why? How did you sleep? <laughs> yeah, that made sense for Harry's character I think. The consolation prize spiel was odd. It was uh, odd. At Jess, at Jess and Marie's wedding. It just seemed very, I don't know, like she was trying to hide something. She didn't just want to say, like, look, I have feelings for you. And neither one of them wanted to admit it. So I just thought it was, like, almost childish a little bit. Mm. Maybe just, it just bothered me. Because hmm. it was very clear that, like, this whole fight could have been avoided if one of them had just... Made an adult conversation. Yeah, just said something. And it just, you know, they were both too hurt because that would have saved, like, almost an entire year of them not talking <laughs> if one of them had just been like, look, all right, so I like you. We should do this more often. Like, let's you... just let's just cut the paprikash, okay? Yeah. Let's just be honest with each other. But then, if they <clears throat> hadn't have done all of that, like, if they hadn't, if Hallie had just, like, if Sally, not Hallie. Not Hallie. That's the portmanteau yeah. of Harry and Sally. <laughs> kind of like Brad and Jennifer, Brennifer. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't make a mistake. You you enriched this. I meant this. to say that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, absolutely. I can see it in your eyes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if, you know, if Sally had, it's a good thing that she did stop talking to him because then they had their big, final, like, beautiful New Year's Eve scene. Mm. So... I guess it was worth it at the end. And speaking of that scene, yes, the the line in question, which yes. we'll get to in a minute, but it is, "I'll have what she's having." Yeah, said by her name's Estelle, right? Estelle Reiner. But yeah, the line in question is, "I'll have what she's having," said by Rob Reiner's mother. A small yes. cameo in the movie. Yes. What are your feelings on the line? Do you like the line? I know you have other other choices and other of favorite lines. Yes, I think the line's amazing. Just. I mean, the whole scene is really amazing. Number one, I learned on like a Mental Floss article that that entire scene was improvised by Billy and really? Meg Ryan. Yeah. So not only was that scene improvised, but 
the whole like fake orgasm thing was also just like completely made up on the spot. <laughs> so I think that makes it even funnier um, that Meg Ryan was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna, I'm doing this." <laughs> In a crowded deli, her second like embarrassing deli oh, yeah. scene of the whole movie before before the whole Sheldon yes debacle. yeah <laughs> yes before Shell Gordon debacle. I mean, I think it's a hilarious line, and I also I was thinking about this on the way over, like after Meg Ryan is finished and she's like eating her little coleslaw or whatever she's eating. In my mind, she's thinking like. Sit down, Harry. Like, you are not everything that you think you are. So uh, I'm just going to knock you down a few pegs. And I think he really needed that. Like, no one he else did. does that to him. She, she kept him in check. Right? Like, he's got these women meowing. And she's just like, no, no. You're way too full of yourself. So I'm going to make it. Sound. Could that have been the moment? Yes. I mean, line aside, because uh-huh. the, the, just the small aside by Rob Reiner's mother was hilarious. Yes. But do you think that's the moment where Harry maybe truly fell in love with her? Ooh. She kept him in check. Ooh. That's she 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 drew a line in the sand. He didn't want to approach that line in the sand. He was just enjoying. He was enjoying his not a Reuben, as you so clearly pointed it out. It definitely to me. wasn't. It, a it was. I I'm I'm shamed. I'm shamed. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know. I saw corned beef and my heart went fluttering. Deli meats, of course. I think that's a great question. I think maybe not fell in love. But met his match hmm. a little bit. Intellectually, yeah. Yeah, intellectually and just like... And speaking of the deli, the, the, it's Katz's Delicatessen. They have a sign hanging above the booth that says Meg Ryan had her fake <laughs> orgasm here. Or Sally had her orgasm, something like that. Um, I thought it was pretty neat. That is really funny. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you, you had mentioned before that you felt like it was about female empowerment. The line I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? I tried to delve a little bit deeper into, like, why maybe that line was put in there. And not just because, like, Rob wanted to give his mother, like, a quick cameo in the movie. But maybe, I felt like maybe Nora Ephron had more of a part in that. In that she wanted just, like, you know, this woman's, like, Meg is just, like, screaming and, like, having the time of her life. And then this other woman's like, I'll have what she's having. And just the two of them are, like it's okay to talk about sex in public, kind of, and mm-hmm. for, like, women to, like, express themselves more. So I felt like that that was, like, also, this was like, an underlining on... part of the scene. Exactly. Like, I agree, totally. This was burgeoning on, like, 90s lib. Estelle Reiner may have been the catalyst for 90s women's liberation because of this line. Something tells me she wasn't, mm-hmm. but sure. I mean, it's <laughs> totally possible. Look. But yeah, I like I like the idea of the uh, female empowerment. You know, t- taking taboo subjects or at least taboo subjects for that gender, mm-hmm. and you know, bringing them bringing them to light, having fun with them. You know, yep. taking it and running with it. It's yep. really interesting. I would also put it. I also like noticed another movie theme was that there was like a juxtaposition between men and women's views on relationships, life, everything in general, mm-hmm. and so this may have been one of those as well just kind of how men and women view sex differently because you've got billy sitting at the booth saying like no women do not fake orgasms with me and meg going you have no idea what you're talking about so just sit down and eat your non reuben (laughs) and then you have a woman who's not even paying attention sitting next door like estelle reiner just going like yeah she gets it she gets it so i think that was also maybe part of it and if she's coming from a place like that, I want a bit of what she's got. <laughs> yeah. I want a bit of that non-Reuben as well. Yeah. 
Non-ribbons being added to my lexicon, by the way. Non-ribbons. Every sandwich I have now, because of you, Aaron, will be a non-ribbon now. Yeah. Shame with every bite. Okay, so corned beef aside, I was curious to know what other lines Aaron found interesting. That line's great. That's the line in question. Yes. And I can see now through some of your really good insight that you shared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely about you know taking something that may be verboten, yeah. just kind of throwing caution to the wind like she did several times before in public, yep. making it happen. I like that. Yep. Yeah, that was definitely like one of the funnier parts of the movie. I, I definitely see Nora Ephron all over that, just mm-hmm. trying to like give women a voice. Another one of my favorite lines, which I think is like a great line. I think this also could have been a contender for AFI's top movie quotes. Men and women can never be friends because sex always gets in the way. Like it, it was just like that was the like premise of the movie. Like that was a whole movie for me. Was just them like denying this friendship, having a friendship and falling in love. Do you think men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets Because the sex part gets in the way. <clears throat> I think for any friendship to work, there has to be a modicum of respect first. Uh-huh. And, you know, respect lays the groundwork for communications, which, if good enough, shouldn't lead to intimate conundrums like that. So, as if to say, you know, it starts with respect. Yes. Respect builds the friendship. Mm-hmm. Friendship lasts through communication. And if the friendship is strong enough and the communication is good enough, mm-hmm. if there's been a solid fr- you know, groundwork laid, there shouldn't be an issue with the sex part getting in the way. I feel. Okay. Do you have any female friends? Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. But okay. they do ask me for advice and stuff like that. So I'll be like, yeah, sure, you should try this. That's true. That's true. Okay. I respect them and they respect me. Yes. And through that kinship. That modicum. That modicum of respect, we're able to maintain a relationship. Sure. All right. Good answer. Thank you. Yeah. Good I felt answer. like that was pretty diplomatic. Yeah. Incredibly <laughs> diplomatic. That should be your That's brain. my role as host, Aaron. I'm a very patient and diplomatic man. But I can take a hard stance when necessary. You're you're the Reuben of this conversation. <laughs> I am the Reuben. <laughs> I'm trying my best. What were... Do you have any, any favorite quotes other I, than the AFI quote that you think would have been good ones? I do. Yes. And it's, it's lengthy. Yes. They probably would have had to readjust the margins on the Wikipedia article. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Yep. Not even sappy. Like, just well-written. Matter yeah. of fact. Yeah, very matter of fact, very direct. I really respect the hell out of that line. It's great. He made that up on the spot. Really? It was not scripted, and he came up with it, and they were just like, oh, well, we'll just go with this. Absolutely. This was much better than what we wrote. And he managed to say it on a stomach full of Malamars. Which is also impressive. Yeah. And ice cream. And ice cream. On New Year's Eve. Right. In New York. You know, we're talking about Rubens and how the non-Rubens never become yes. going to become a thing. You're right. You're right. I know you're right, Aaron. Oh, my fine. God. <laughs> Carrie Fisher. Absolutely. Ugh. She was amazing throughout the entire Do you movie. know why you like this movie so much? We nailed this down, but I wanted to bring it up as a fact. Why Both, I love this movie so Yes. The, the female lead and also the, the supporting female are both left-handed. Yes. And you're left handed. Uh, that was amazing, too. That was, yeah. Those two, I think that's probably what it is. Those are very good catches by you, by the way. She's just like, you were just like, Carrie, Fitt, she's wearing her watch on her right hand. She's left handed. I was just like, how the hell did you even see you that? You always notice. Yeah. 
when you do something weird that like no one else in the population does like you always notice especially when you're constantly writing on things that right-handed people have no problem writing with like yeah binders clipboards whatever <laughs> you notice you notice because it's it's an extra pain but yes carrie fisher's line that she just repeated over and over again you're right you're right he's never gonna leave her <laughs> because i have friends like this that are just fixated on something that's never going to happen you have oblivious friends like that yes not oblivious wow. friends okay but friends that are really into a man and become oblivious to whatever like they don't want to have to think about okay so it's totally cognitive, cognitive dissonance absolutely okay. so i can just like <laughs> I can picture several instances that are just like this, and it is hilarious. <laughs> and then everything just kind of falls together for her. And then she's rifling through her her box of index cards looking for uh, potential yes. match. Yes, her little box of, like, bachelor index cards. It's amazing. <laughs> Which, I, I mean, yeah, the movie, the relationship yes. aspect of it is not dated. Because, you know, human... Human pair bonding has not changed much since 1989, I don't feel. I don't think so. so. But the way that people go about it is obviously extremely different. You mentioned yes. earlier that if uh, that this would not have happened now because Sally and Harry would have had like a Facebook and would have totally... Yeah. yeah, that was one of the things that I think gets lost now. When they first get to New York and they're standing in front of, I think it's a Central Park like which harry just fades off into and harry just wanders off with all of his belongings <laughs> and she says we'll have a nice life and the two of them just like don't see each other right. for the that, next that five would years they would have already been facebook friends yep. if they've got one friend in common i'm sure they've gone to parties together in college like in my mind they already this is like they've they already have some sort of like social media connection and would probably stay updated with one another's lives at the very least a linkedin yeah, yeah, at the very least, Sally has a LinkedIn. <laughs> Harry does not have a LinkedIn. Harry doesn't. That man does not have a LinkedIn. A LinkedIn? Yeah, no way. But speaking of social media, you can find Unquote and a bunch of other great podcasts from the Rogue Intel Podcast Network on Facebook and Twitter. My address for Facebook is facebook.com slash unquotepc, and on Twitter, it's at unquotepc. And look, movies are great, but I know you got other interests. You like hearing crazy stories about people's experiences during childhood? Well, maybe you should check out the Now That I'm Older podcast on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. I'll let Shane and his buddy tell you more. What's up, guys? Be sure to check out Now That I'm Older on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Me and Kenny sit down and talk about how getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the exact same time. We also look at pop culture, review a few movies, share some personal stories, and just basically poke fun at the world around us. Be sure to check out Now That I'm Older on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Alrighty, we're back. And Aaron had some interesting commentary on the relatability of the chemistry between the characters. So, what about yes. the realism and normalcy of the love story? That is also another one of my favorite parts, and a good thing for you to bring up. It's a big draw for me. Right? I think a lot of the dialogue is really normal. And it might have something to do with the fact that a lot of the movie, like, a lot of Billy and Meg's scenes were improv mm -hmm. And Billy Crystal would just kind of, like, make up things. Like, I think he also improv'd, um... You know, I think Egyptian hieroglyphs are actually an ancient comic strip about a cat named Sphinxy. <laughs> like, it's just very normal things that two people would talk right. about. Like, dreams they have... Like, they go and eat together, they'll walk around museums together. 
talk about whatever's happening in their lives, who they date. Sure. So it's just a lot of very normal conversations between two people that are not perfect. It's just two imperfect people developing a friendship over, you know, 12 years. Right. And so, yeah, I think it's just, it brings a lot of realistic qualities to their relationship. So would, would it be fair to say, and would you concur, Yeah. <laughs> that grander notions of love are a lot less believable than the routine, normal love we see in this movie? I think this movie has both elements. It's got, like, the grand notions of love. Mm -hmm. Like, when he goes and, like, confesses his love to her at the end at, like, this big New Year's Eve party. Um, It's a lot more relatable if it's just normal people falling in love. And especially when you see, like, all these little older couples also, like, telling their, like, little love stories that are also, like, pretty mundane. Like, none of them are super out of the ordinary. You know, it's just, like, one of one of the couples is, like, the man, what, married and remarried and divorced, like, <laughs> three or four separate times, and then, you know, 35 years later, like, married After his first, first wife. Right. right. So, I mean, it's just, it's just very normal people falling in love. So, I, it's, like, it's more hopeful, it's more relatable, and it's just, yeah, I think it's amazing. Your so thoughts? you think the portrayal of the normalcy of the normalcy of their love yeah. would have fallen flat without the comedy? Do you think so? Because if if you take the comedy out of it, this is just something I was thinking of. Because yeah. you know, at what point do you tune out of the misadventures of their character? Yeah. You know, Harry and Sally's neuroses, and you start viewing it as like a ho hum mirror of your own normal life. Does anybody want to watch that? No. No. So the comedy definitely makes it. Like if someone made a movie about my life, I would not want to watch it unless it was. <laughs> Billy Crystal had some sort of role. Right. Yeah, no, the fact that the two of them are hilarious and have, like, a very odd chemistry together, I mm-hmm. think, definitely works for the movie. You were talking about the older couples? Yes. Which one's your favorite? My favorite is the two that, um, that met at camp. You mean Ben Small? Of yeah. the Coney Island Smalls? <laughs> yeah. Yes, and whatever his wife's name <laughs> is. But it was just so cute. I mean, I went to sleepaway camp for, like, nine years of my life. So, like, I can totally picture the two of them at a dance, (laughs) camp counselors at a dance, and he comes over and, like, says the weirdest stuff to her. Just, I'm Ben Smalls of the Coney Island Smalls. And she knew. Yeah. She knew, like, you know a good melon. Exactly. Yep. And that is just like, ugh. (laughs) And yes, I know good melons. Like, I get it. You you have to smell the rind. good melons, yes. (laughs) What's the human anatomy equivalent of smelling a rind? Don't think. First thing that comes to your mind. Maybe like the little like nape of your neck. Okay, that's good. Yeah. They both, I don't know. They should both smell. They good. should. I mean, yeah. They should both be fragrant, but like not gross. I don't know. If people, if more people smelled like cantaloupe, <laughs> more people would have. Would be a happier more, place. More, would be a happier, happier place. <laughs> what? Which older couple is your favorite couple? Nine extra floors. Those. Those. Yeah. Uh, were they from New York? I can't remember. Yes. They were from New York. I, they like grew up ne- like down the street from each other. Right. And then she was well, she was working for a very prominent, very um, prominent. doctor. Yeah. And uh, A doctor. And, you know, she was staying on the 12th floor. He was staying on the 3rd. He yes. wrote up nine extra floors just to keep talking to her. Yes. And I love how 
he's he's just powering through. Like he's just like this is the story. This is this is how I feel about it. I yep. love our story, and she's just bolstering <laughs> it. She's just like, oh yeah, it was this with this on the side. Oh yeah, and then this happened. Yeah, it's just it's hilarious. The two of them now. just talking over each other. Yeah. yeah, I mean my parents don't. They don't talk over each other or anything, but my dad will, he'll be very concrete, sequential. Yeah. And my mom just fills in all the little gaps. And I think that's hilarious. That's perfect. I love that one. It makes a, it makes a complete story. It does. And I, I also love it because of the fact I'm, I'm a big fan of like serendipity, mm-hmm. like very fortuitous circumstances. Um, and you know, if you're a pessimist or a realist, you don't, you, you may not even really believe in serendipity because they might or they might be like a mathematical anomaly to you but yes. i think we're pretty optimistic would you say so yes i would consider myself an optimist i think so so like if i find a quarter on the sidewalk i'm just like serendipity all right oh yeah i found this quarter yes i also have a very pessimistic side not as much as billy crystal does in this movie but so you don't read the last page first no okay. no i think um like i i have like a really strange like destiny kind of thing like i always believe in like destiny like if things are meant to happen they'll happen which is just like this very weird illogical thing in my mind that i always (laughs) think of so like if any like any signs that i think are like positive or like negative like i will always believe in them and it is a very weird part of my like personality that i think is just like super illogical but i think i think the fact that you come to grips with that and recognize that it may be illogical to you, does that bolster your resolve at all? You're just like, well, if it happens, it happens so I can overcome it. Or does it like, does this override all of your thinking? I just like have to think about it for an extra second. Cause I'm like, I know this is ridiculous, <laughs> but how ridiculous. That means you're grounded. <laughs> That's a good thing. That means you're grounded. I would hope so. I think so. I'm pretty sure. You're pretty grounded. Maybe. I guess it depends who you ask. I'm a fan. Ask me, ask me if you're grounded. Am I, am I grounded Cooper? You put your pants, you put your pants on one leg at a time. You just know, like, like you know a good melon. Yeah, I know like I know a good melon. Yep, absolutely. You're the cantaloupe of people. A good loaf with some cottage cheese. A good. Uh, okay, so I wrote down like some of the like of my favorite moments of this movie. You hit me. Um, obviously, like the older couples' love stories were just really amazing. And I also learned from reading an article that these are real couples' love stories, but the couples are all played by actors. All the older couples? Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Yes, but they're all real, real love stories that have actually happened to people. I love that Harry and Sally keep arguing over Casablanca and who Ingrid Bergman should end up with at the end of the movie. I think that's really funny that they consistently argue over it. And that it's actually one of AFI's other top 100 movie quotes. It is. When Harry and Sally try to set up um, Jess, who's played by uh, Bruno Kirby, and uh, Marie, who's played by Carrie Fisher, when they both try to set each other up with their best friends, Mm -hmm. so Harry and Marie and Sally and Jess, and it's just a disaster (laughs) of a double date, and the two of, like... Harry and Sally are like, no, no, he's a he's a great guy, she's a great woman, like, attractive, good personality, whatever. <laughs> and, like, the whole evening just flops. Yeah. Until Carrie Fisher quotes Jess's, like, article that he wrote for the New York Times or something. <laughs> and the two of them just, like, connect. And then at the end of 
the scene when they're like, do you mind if I call the other person? Yeah, yeah. But just wait like a week but, or so. Yeah, but like, wait. And then, well, I don't feel much like walking. I mean, they GTFO. I'll go with you. <laughs> <laughs> they GTFO. Yeah. And then they just, yeah. And I think that also goes back to when, at the end of the movie, when Billy Crystal says, you know, like, when you realize you love someone you want, and you want to spend the rest of your life with them, you want that to start right now. And that was a perfect example yeah, of that Yeah, it's a little throwback. I yep. never thought about that before. Yep. And I think that was, I don't know, maybe that was just on his mind towards when they did the last scene of the movie, but I thought that that was a pretty good example of that quote. Yeah. <laughs> kind of came full circle. I like that. Yeah, it definitely did. Baby fish mouth. Baby fish mouth <laughs> is, it's top tier in the Powers family. <laughs> Like when you're at a lost words, you're just like, baby, baby fish mouth. You know? <laughs> it's sweeping the nation. Yeah, no, I mean, that just, yeah, my mom and I, and probably <laughs> one of my little sisters, we say that a lot. I mean, just baby fish mouth was so funny. Because <laughs> like, you can see him, you can see him psyching himself up to yes. complete the phrase. Yes. You don't know what's coming when you first see it. Baby, baby fish, but, and you're just like, Okay, Bruno. What's what's going on right now? What are you doing? Where where are you, where are you come on? <laughs> yeah, I mean that was just amazing. In my mind, Rob had told all the actors like the words "baby talk," but you can't say "baby talk." Like, you can't guess what she's drawing, so you got to come up with anything else that she might be drawing. So just all of them are sitting on this couch, just like. They know what it is, but they can't say it, so they have to say other stupid things instead. Bruno Kirby comes up with baby fish mouth. Baby fish mouth. Yeah, sometimes dates don't go as smoothly as one would hope. Both Aaron and I have experiences with that. You mentioned the, the flop of a double date. Yes. What's the worst date you've ever been on? Ooh, great question. I can think of one in particular, um, and it was, it was a doozy. So this guy had asked me out and had challenged me to outdrink him. Of course I can outdrink you. <laughs> I'm an archaeologist. Like it comes with the territory. Okay. All right. And I was like, "Of course I can outdrink you." That being said, I was still in college and I hadn't had a drink in months maybe. <laughs> Just because I, I didn't drink at school. I was an RA and I was always, I always like had to be alert and didn't really have a, a whole lot of time to like hang out or go get a drink. So that set me back. <laughs> I would imagine. So I think we started out with shots of whiskey. You didn't yes. even, you didn't ease yourself into it. Oh no. I was just like, nope, I can take you. He was also like, he's about my size. So he, I was like, oh, you, I, you I were got considering volume. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I got this guy. I think four shots in, blacked out. I had been there for 30 minutes. Do not remember a single thing for the rest of the evening. And apparently at one point I hit him in the face with a bottle. Ashley chipped his tooth. Um, On purpose? No. Okay. I think I was just like, had no motor coordination and like could not like hold it. Let me show you how you use the trowel, okay? <laughs> And when you've got your grid marked off, you just wow. Uh, I have no idea what I was trying to do. I mean, I, I remember the first 30 minutes of that date, um, and I don't remember anything else. But apparently I hit The first 30 days. is always the best 30. That, that's what they say. Somebody said that once. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that stands true in this case. Yeah. 
Um, I actually recently found out, like, I still talk to him sometimes, that um, he had his tooth filled in. It was his front incisor. And apparently when he's in a, like, under black light, it glows green. Like the filling does. <laughs> so he just has, like, part of his tooth. You gave him a kick-ass story. <laughs> you should not feel guilty about this at all. We did it for a little bit after that, too. Like we did So it, it went so bad, but it led to nice. But it things. was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never did that again. That was awful, but very entertaining, I think, for most of us. There's so no way that could have gone worse. Technically, you won, and he got a glowing tooth. So it was a win-win. <laughs> so win. good date? Yes. <laughs> it was the best worst date you could ask for. Yeah. It was the non-Rubin of dates. It was more than... It was like the gross potato salad side <laughs> order. It was the potato the salad that's been sitting out in the sun. It was the questionable potato salad date. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. What's the worst date you've ever been on? I'm so curious. You know, it's not so much the company I was keeping. Uh-huh. It's just the fact that... <laughs> I used to be a lot more unprepared for things than I try to be now. Yeah. For, first of all, I, driving all throughout college, I had this, you know, antique truck that I drove around. Mm-hmm. It was a 1965 Ford F100. Great truck. It helped me carry all my crap back and forth to state. But one, the bench seats smelled like because the leather was cracking and fading and everything. Okay. But smell aside, the truck had its share of a few mechanical problems. Okay. Most of which I could handle in a timely manner. But this one particular evening, I asked this girl out. She was like, yeah, of course. I was like, great, I'll come pick you up in my truck. Uh-huh. I was like, wear something cool because my truck doesn't have AC. She was like, oh, wow, that really sucks. And she, she meant that. That wasn't a was very this, coy way. Was this way. summer? Late fall. We're dry, I, I go and pick her up. And my mm. truck had been a little spotty as it was running. I was like, I, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. I'll fix whatever's wrong later. Right. So we go... And I pick her up, and we go, and we eat. We have a good time. And then I was driving her back. Where did you go to eat? Um, Dave's Dark Horse Tavern. Okay. It's a little dive bar Aww. in Starkville. I was driving her back, and my truck just starts... <laughs> <laughs> like an old jalopy out of a 1930s cartoon. Like... <laughs> and like the, comes up off the wheels, like the whole frame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... uh. So I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. Okay. So I'm just like praying, like I'm, I'm, I'm going up a hill. I was yes. like, if I can just get to the top, if I can just get to the top of this hill, it, no. we may be able to coast. And I, but no. So like, like, like I get, I make it up to the top of the hill, but the truck just shuts off. Like yeah. something was wrong with the, um, the carburetor. I think the carburetor was gunked up, or there were fuel delivery. Anyways, a fuel problem. I didn't have the tools. I was dressed nice. Now here's the thing. As long as I'm in motion in an unair conditioned car, I am cool as a cucumber, baby. Like I don't sweat. I, as long as I'm as long as <laughs> I'm cruising, as long as I'm cruising, yes. nothing can stop me. How much did you sweat? A I kept a uh, spare ratty shirt yeah. underneath the seat just in case of emergencies like this. Like <laughs> I planned for my own failure, you know. So I'm just like, okay. So I was like, okay, well, let me take off. Let me keep my nice shirt on because I don't have the tools. I just want to see what the problem right. is. So I get out, and it's just like the heat's just like radiating off the uh, pavement. And I know that she's miserable. She's she's sitting in the truck because uh-huh. she doesn't want to get out. It's like, yeah, just roll the windows down. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. 
I was like, you can drink the windshield washing fluid if you want. And this, you know. And so I look and I, you know, I, I can't figure out. So I, I sweat through that shirt and I go and I reach in for the other shirt uh-huh. and it's not there. I had taken it out to wash it. So I just have to sit there drenched in this shirt with my nice slacks on. I'm getting sweat all over myself. And I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed more than anything because here I am. I've, I've made it through the whole day. I've tried to be charming. And then, like, the vehicle <laughs> that is supposed to ferry us to our destinations has crapped out on me. And here, you know, I don't – I've touted this as just like, yes, look at me. I'm so proud. I've, I've made this and I can fix yeah. it. But I don't have the tools to fix it. So that was the worst day of And you're been pooling on. in your own sweat. And I'm drowning in my own sweat. Thankfully, I hadn't grown out my beard fully. So that was my face was a little cool. Okay. But other than that, that was pretty bad. That's and she she was she let me know how miserable she was. And I, I, I'm not mad at her. I can't say that later. She was just like, I, I didn't really enjoy the last part of the evening. I was like, I know. I'm sorry. It was really hot. She was just like, yeah. So, uh, 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 so <laughs> <laughs> Getting uh, call you uh, call you later. Can I have a glass of water? And she's like, "Yes, you can have a glass of water." So, but that's beside the point. That was the worst. Thing ever. You know, Aaron asked me if I thought relationships like Harry and Sally's extended to real people beyond the screen. And funny enough, I actually know a couple like that. Do I think Harry and Sally's relationship is realistic? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I do because I. Like, if you met that couple, you'd be like, in real life. Yeah. Like, that seems... I was just about to say, I know people... I know a couple who favors them mm-hmm. that I know, you know, pretty pretty well. And they feed off of each other. They both have very, very creative minds, you know. And they... Um, the This guy, it's, it's his wife now. Mm-hmm. She is really hilarious. And I'm sure... We were all in town for dinner together, mm-hmm. and she said something kind of off the, off the cuff, and he was like, he was initially really embarrassed about it. Like he was just like, "Oh, I'm, guys, I'm sorry," she said that, and then, uh, and then she was just like, "May I remind you that you choose me every day?" Like, like something like that. Yeah. And I was just like, "Damn, her logic is sound, dude. Like you can't ar- sit down." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was just like, "Yeah, she's right." What did you think about the ending of the movie? And would you have done it differently? I like the ending, ending yeah. of the movie. Like, now that I know that Billy Crystal was Johnny on the spot with that line, that's awesome. Like, there, it couldn't have been any other way. And she's, you know, she's still... See, you say things like that, and it makes it impossible for me to hate you. Mm-hmm. And I hate you. And she's saying it as she's cracking up, you mm-hmm. know? And it's just like, come on. You, you can't you can't you can't run from this you can't run from what your from what your heartstrings are telling you to do you know yeah and uh so yeah i think the ending was great and then the the small just very quick you know oh and the chocolate sauce on the side right cuz it'll get too soggy on the cake just i mean that's 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 the perfect very subtle, you know, very uh, kind of lukewarm thing to say. Just yeah. be like, oh my gosh, this this is them. That's the life now. Perhaps it's the fact that because yeah. she, because Sally didn't recognize Harry's insecurities, you know, like with the cuddling thing. Like he, he just jetted right out of there once they, you know, slept together. That's true. Because she didn't recognize his, maybe he wasn't so quick to recognize hers as well. Because, I mean, even though they had been together for a while at this point, yeah. or not not that they had known each other for a while at this point, right. still kind of on shaky ground in terms of really figuring each other out, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, it's complicated. It's embarrassing. I definitely understand. Yeah. I definitely get it. But, and I, I guess it also plays into, like, their characters. Like, their characters would have just, like, stopped talking to one another. Like, Sally would just, like, end communication and just try to distance herself. You know, I just thought of this. Um, yes. Uh, you had written down an outline about the title, mm-hmm. about how they, how about how Rob and Nora let the crew come up with the title. Yes. What do you think of the title of the movie? When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Um. Because in its in its basest form, yeah. it really is when boy met when boy meets girl. Yes. Which was one of the working titles of really? the movie. Yes. Which. Boy meets girl was one of the working titles. I can see now why Nora mm-hmm. and or Rob might have hated it, because. I mean, and you write too. Like as a writer, you just see trite stuff like that, and you're just like, man, that that's not going to grab an audience's attention. Yeah, yeah. Nora hated this title when Harry met Sally. If like, there's no, I don't know if there's like a great title where you could like encapsulate like what this movie is. Uh-huh. Like it's it's an Annie Hall type movie, but you can't just call it like Sally Albright. So I guess. Or Hallie, you know. Yeah, just Hallie. <laughs> just Hallie. That doesn't explain enough in the movie. Even though it, it does once you watch it. So, I mean, it's it's a good title. When you say When Harry Met Sally, I know what you're talking about. Right. It's definitely, it's definitely lasted. But, yeah, that would have been a tough... How do you make, like, a an original and, like, funny and unique title for romantic comedy? I'm putting you on the spot. What would you have called this movie to give it, all, to oh. give it an alternative title? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I can't think of anything that, like captures the funny parts of the movie but it's also romantic comedy but like it's billy crystal and meg ryan and it has to be all encompassing yeah what would you name it what would you title the movie okay this just popped in my head Mm -hmm. what about like love on the side huh not so bad no it's not so bad the less you think about it, the funnier it becomes. So just don't think about it. I like that it also has like a kind of like deli feel that you would get. Like you get side orders with your non-Reuben. <laughs> the non-Reuben will haunt me <laughs> Yeah. until the, my dying days. I mean, that's you now. It is. That is how I will associate you. Non-Reuben. Oh, Cooper. Cooper was a great host. Um, you know, he was warm. He was inviting. Uh, he really cared about what I had to say, but Man, such what a, a non-Reuben. Non- <laughs> Good work. Yeah, it, it definitely. So can. you'll you'll sign off on that as the title of the 2017 remake, the spiritual successor Ooh. to When Harry Met Sally. Yes. Ugh. R.I.P. Nora. I wish she was alive <laughs> to make this with me. She would probably turn it down and be like, "That's garbage, Aaron." <laughs> but no, I think it's cool. little on the side is a good is a good title. We'll get cracking. Yeah. I'll start writing that script now. I love this movie. Yes. You love this movie. Yes. People should watch this movie. Absolutely. I'll have what she's having. Great line. Yep. That is the line from the movie. We have choices, but I feel like this made the statement that it needed to make. Yep. It definitely it highlights one of the most interesting scenes of the movie. Has never been done again in Has not. cinema. Yeah. You can't recreate that scene. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. It's it's because it, it, any anything any type of repeatable scene like that would just be like, oh man, that's that's hacky. You know why why are they copying Love on the Side Part Two? You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Cooper, thank you for having me. This was lovely.
again to Aaron for being a stupendous and very patient guest. I'm definitely going to have to do her a solid repayment. Gee, I wonder if she likes Rubens. Music this week provided by Aqua Stone Throne on SoundCloud. And remember that Unquote is part of the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Okay, you're scratching your head saying, gee, Coop, I love the show, love the network. How can I support y'all? Okay, I got a suggestion for you. It's really easy. You type in rogueintel.com slash Amazon, and it'll take you to an Amazon portal where any shopping you do will give us a small kickback on some of the items you buy. Really simple, no hassle. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Unquote Podcast this week. Join me, Cooper Powers, next week when I'll tackle another one of AFI's top 100 movie quotes. Until then, keep the film rolling. What if it's a bad Reuben? Is that a non-Reuben? See, a Reuben's still a Reuben. It's like, you know, not all bluebirds are birds. I mean, not all... (laughs) Not all birds are bluebirds, but right. all bluebirds are birds type deal. You see what sure. I'm saying? Sure. So, yeah. That makes sense. I get in there with some double negatives or something. Not all non-Rubens are not not Rubens. This has gone off the rails. I'm talking about... <laughs> You're trying to I'm work non-Rubens about, into a sentence. <laughs> trying to talk about deli meats. <laughs> trying to make a catchphrase out a, of non-Rubens. <laughs> in a sophistic, I'm non-Rubening my catchphrase right now. It's not going to happen. It's not going to So I'm just going to move on.